Coming to you live from Austin, Texas and the Queen City in North Carolina, this is the Good Faith Podcast for the month of December 2021. We are your source for the news, whether you like it or not. This is our most wonderful time of the year episode. This month, living in an Idaho ski resort town puts murder on the mind, says new study by Ben Dreyfus. People abandon CDC advice for the timelessness of astrology. Lou Bega gives the Mambo Number no. 5 performance of his life for Polish troops on the eastern border. And the last Popeye's buffet is now dead. Rest in peace, unlimited fried chicken buffet. Our sponsor this month is Victorian Christmas Cards. That's not a company, that's the time period. Add some variety to your holidays going forward with Sky Jellyfish, Frog and Beetle Waltz, Dead Bird, and deeply threatening snowmen but carl 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 you came across like a bottle washed up on the beach thanks to twitter this thing called crypto land why what like like what's the what what was the immediate thing that struck you about crypto land that sent you in such a tizzy Number one, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Number two, as soon as I saw this remarkable, charming video of the ages that encapsulates everything of the 21st century in a short, under 20 minute video of just pure astonishment. I think that's the, I think that's what got me was pure astonishment mm-hmm. from start to finish because it took it took not just one person to make this they had a team of animators create crypto land which as we've emphasized on the past before we are crypto skeptics here on this podcast and i think that's that's a fair generalization mm-hmm. uh, so a couple of people decided, apparently, hey, why don't we have a private island out in the Pacific Ocean where everyone can get together and, I guess, trade cryptocurrency and live that crypto life, and we're going to call it Cryptoland. So let's make an animated video to talk about the virtual Cryptoland that will accompany the real Cryptoland and have 10 minutes of, like... Imagine Toy Story. You know, like the Pixar animation studios, like the, the very, very first like, hit that they had with Toy Story Bugs Life in, in that generation. Now imagine the pre-production stage of those <laughs> um, animations. Now imagine the pre-production of the pre-production stage in that early 90s period. That's the animated quality of Cryptoland. And it is 10 minutes of possibly the cringiest memes you have encountered on the internet before. And also 10 minutes of just weird stuff about cryptocurrency that you were not prepared for. And then there's also a romance subplot in it. I mean, this thing goes weird. There's an animated crypto coin who guides this guy around on a tour. They make... uh, possibly copyrightable and lawsuit-inspiring references to Disney uh, songs. Oh, it's beautiful. It's 
it's a beautiful disaster. So my first thought after watching this video was Fire Festival 2. Mm-hmm. The Kryptoning. <laughs> Jesus. Now, Morgan, Cryptoland washed over me like an essence in a perfume shop. Once I passed through, it hung around for a little bit, but then it passed off of me. You, I understand, have many feelings about this. I'm in you deep. Dug, you dug I'm... deep. Please elaborate, because I, it washed over me, and I was done. But I knew I had to send it to you. So please describe your own experience. When I first watched the promotional video, which is a mix of the, as Carl mentioned, the discount 1990s Pixar animation style and sort of typical hype video, like startup hype video of the founders sort of waving hands around, talking at people. Um, I just, I haven't been able to get out of my head. Like it comes back to me in waves, like a nausea that, oh, this is real. People are doing this. And at the beginning of the promotional video, there is, a, I guess, a crypto influencer. Yeah. Who says, you know, these folks, they've put $500,000 of their own money towards this project, which is how you know that it's a scam if from a crypto point of view. Because the guy says they had to put $500,000 of their own money towards it. Why are you using dollars as the as the basis for how much? It should be... I don't even know what it's up to now. What uh, Ethereum's, what, 3400 $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $3, $
some lovely lady makes a joke about he's not a fan of forks, which the Bitcoin fork issue a couple years ago. Ha ha ha. Mm. Yeah, that's about as good as it gets in terms of humor um, in this video. And it, it plays out. You get to see just how serious this whole project is, which is not very. I mean, there's a really crappy musical number about halfway through. And then it ends, and it's a lot of live-action talks of they had some... The founders had a uh, a little explainer and a live in-person conference to say, hey, you know, this is... This is Cryptoland 1.0 after showing the video. Cryptoland 2.0 is going to be the actual island itself, the physical manifestation of Cryptoland. Perfect. Excellent. Just call things beta like Google did for years and years with Gmail. So they have not bought this island yet. It's, these are my understandings. They haven't bought the island from Fiji. Uh, the parcels that they're trying to sell off, that only one of them has been sold. Uh, there's Again, there are no houses. This island ha Oh, there's two. There's two. You're, Carl's telling me two from the production room. So Cryptoland has a website. Oh, God. It is cryptoland.is, which if you are unfamiliar with the IS domain, that is Iceland, which is a fairly <laughs> liberal policy, I think, on uh, domain names. And they have a full team. And their founder is Max Oliver, or I think it's Olivier, but I don't know. I could just call him Max, <laughs> a.k.a. the Cryptolander. That's literally his title on this website. And everyone posts their LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube accounts to there. So you can ask these people in person why. Uh, and it's just Cryptoland, the first physical crypto island, which to me seems like a contradiction in terms. Right. But we are changing the world as we know it. All right. Uh, the problem we are solving, digitally united, but physically separated. Most of us in the crypto space, when we turn off our screens, we still live in fiat environments. They're basically living in a fiat environment on this island because even though the video shows a whole fleet of Lamborghinis for you to drive around in, apparently the main mode of transport will be golf carts. Uh, you can go onto the Cryptoland website and there is a button at the top which just says Mint, which I don't know what that was about, but... It then takes you to get your piece, and there are, as Morgan said, there are 60 plots. And I can tell you that plot number one and plot number 29 are taken. I can't believe Let's it. Let's see. Parcel number 44 I just clicked on. The size is one acre, and the NFT is King Cryptolander. The price, 319 Ethereum. Yep. <laughs> I'm not a... <laughs> click this box if you're not a U.S. citizen, or click... I have read the Y paper. So you have to click the I am not a U.S. citizen box in order to proceed with the purchase. Interesting. Yes. Again, these are things that anybody can join their Discord, and there are a lot of trolls after someone from their Twitter team replied that basically that there is no age of consent on Cryptoland. Yeah, there's a... Mm. Oh, that's the, that's the kicker, uh, is that... Sure, you could put up this crazy video and be like, you know, we're purchasing a private island. Private island sounds great. As soon as you can't handle the question of basically what is the age of consent in your little not a micronation micronation, 
and you fumbled that ball. Oh man. Oh no. It's bad. Yeah, that happened. And so for those of you who are interested, the main character in the animated video, his name is Christopher. Oh, thank you. I looked that up in the meantime. So Morgan, just giving our viewers a little, just making them dive into the story a little bit more. Well, this way they don't have to actually watch the video. Yes, but you can if you want to. There, the original video has been marked as private, but as with the internet, which never forgets, people made mirrored versions of it. So you can go on, you can essentially watch the presentation in reverse or, you know, the, the screen flipped or any, any of the number of different ways. And you will understand the original, um, the original version in all of its glory. So that, that was just me helping you out there. Absolute nightmare project. And it's one of those, you go, all right, got a presentation, you know, people are sold, people are buying plots of land. It's an island in the Pacific. How are you going to get the material there to build your house? Because, again, these you will not be moving directly into a house, unlike what, quote-unquote, Christopher in the animated film did, where it's all pimped out and looks very modern, I guess is the word for it. Where are you going to get the material? What is the just basic utilities like? How are you getting power? How about sanitation? I know their website says they've got like diesel generators and which is really choice because in the promotional video, the one of the founders is sort of fondling trees and waxing philosophically about how all the buildings on crypto land are going to be sort of built in harmony with nature and da 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 da. Never mind that they extol a energy, therefore carbon heavy resource for their currency. So they're going to be, Whenever you do a transaction, it costs a lot of electricity to process it, which has a lot of emissions associated with it. More than uh, Finland, I believe, at this point. We talked about it last month. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's wild. Uh, just just on Bitcoin alone. Um, and then you have your electricity backup is coming from diesel. There's no mention of solar. There's no mention of wind. So I'm not sure how this whole thing's supposed to come together. And if you can't... Look, I love the idea of living on an island, but if you can't tell me how you're going to handle having clean water and getting the poop away... <laughs> even if I had 319 Ethereum, it still sounds like a nightmare. And they make fun of that in the video, too. They make fun about uh, the emojis. That's, that's, a, that's an undertow. By the way, uh, it... Christopher's love interest is Bianca, but I, I got invested in the story because it's <laughs> it's very plastic. It is very plastic. I mean, how much depth can you give to a, a ten minute pitch or however long that nightmare was? It, it was it was ten minutes thirteen seconds. That's really upsetting. It it's it's beautiful in its own way. I really want to know about the center of all of these plots of land that they propose to build. Because there's supposed to be something called the Vladimir Club. And that's an interesting name for a club. I don't know if that's a reference to someone in crypto or if that's supposed to be a reference to Vladimir Putin, because why not? I really don't know. Yeah, I didn't get that either. Uh, didn't dig too much into it. It's supposed to be their sort of like main nightclub that only crypto landers can go to. Yes. But... Everyone, presumably, 
who goes to the crypto land island already would have access to the vladimir club unless i guess you're one of the people who buys a plot of land which makes it more exclusive i guess i think see look these are all see look yeah the video didn't explain this these are there's still some outline there's still some uh, questions that have not been resolved yet and one of those things is did chris ever get together with bianca or did bianca finally wise up and re- and say this is bullshit i'm leaving this island i mean he saved her physical uh a wallet little usb wallet from a i forget what they call it. they're basically seagulls but I forget what they called them and also the the models for the seagulls were uh an actual sort of uh, complete plagiarism ripoff from somebody else's work who did not give permission for them to use the 3D model. Um, oh yeah, we we talked about this before we started the podcast, but there were also instances of people saying that their 3D renderings were used in other sections of this video without their permission, and that the Cryptoland people just stole them. Mm-hmm. It's been a huge ordeal. And the, the seagulls thing, that's that's also been up there. And then, of course, we're not even going to get into the massive copyright infringement that I'm surprised the Disney Corporation has not already like launched the Death Star <laughs> lawsuits against them. That's how, that's how you know that um, this isn't a serious project, because if you... Disney hasn't filed a lawsuit yet. Yeah, if you upset the mouse, the mouse will, will find you. Oh, will, absolutely. And will extract compliance, so... Mm-hmm. But he actually doesn't... I, I'm going to correct you on a plot point here. Okay. Christopher doesn't actually rescue the wallet. I would argue that the coin and, that the coin rescues him. Rescues the wallet. Because he d- dresses up as a as a female seagull. It, it's... Folks... No, 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 no. Because the, the seagull flies up and Christopher's like, uh, like, Bitcoin's not real. Or, or you know, Bitcoin's like a, a buy right now. And the, the bird's like, oh, like, you know, talks to respond. And drops the key. Okay. No, you're right. Connie, Con, again, Con E, right in the name. They're trying to bilk the most vulnerable crypto people that have ever, like the crypto seniors, basically. Yeah, Connie fails in his bid to uh, Bugs Bunny a seagull into getting what he wants. Folks, this whole thing is twists and turns from start to finish. It's a nightmare. I have nightmares about this video. Uh, the the part that got me was within the first probably minute when there's the opening sign that says "Well Coin Yes Land the Hodlers of Last Resort the Hodlers of Last Resort Yes oh. that's when you knew it went downhill from there This folks this is a cultural icon Do not turn away from this <laughs> It is it's a lot But again like I said Fire oh. Festival. All these crypto nerds are going to, are going to lose their shit. We, <laughs> oh my god, when they don't have like proper sanitation or clean water, how are they going to do it? Uh, through the blockchain? I, I don't know what that means anymore. <laughs> I, I still don't get it. I don't get the NFTs, I don't get the apes, I don't get I don't get any of it. I don't either. That's a sign that I'm getting old. Uh, but maybe we should also talk about the fact that they plan to set this up in Fiji. And I just, I had a throwaway line to Morgan before we started this podcast. I was like, 
you know that Fiji's had several coups in the 21st century, right? And I just, and that made me give a pause to like, maybe they also didn't choose the most stable regime to have their crypto land fantasy in. Because I had distinctly remembered in 2006 that Fiji had a coup and there was a military junta that took power. It was a thing. They had a constitutional crisis in 2009. They've had a, they've had a history. So I'm not sure that that's the most stable market to build a, a private island in, let alone <laughs> worrying about sanitation and, you know, environmental issues, all the other things you have to worry about, about building something on a private island. Just <laughs> go look it up, folks. They, they chose a interesting spot to build their dream fantasy. Right. Fiji's had the one, two, three, ah, 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 coups. Uh, since 1987, plus a constitutional crisis in 2009. So they're doing fine. They they picked a real winner, and and part of buying this island is they make it sound like oh, crypto land. This is for crypto people. This is gonna be our own, you know, slice of heaven on earth. They still are governed by Fiji. They're not becoming their own little micro nation. Yeah, Fijian law. So any Fiji laws are still going to apply to them. So it's it's a very curious option. That plus the you you have to check the I am not a U.S. citizen when you go to buy your one acre plot of land that is not cleared, has no house on it, has no hookups for anything. Uh, it w- will be a an expensive nightmare to build a house. I mean, you're already spending 319 Ethereum is golly. One, three, let's just do 3,400. I saw the other day times 319. It's a million dollars. Basically a million dollars per plot just for the land. Like you're, you're getting to just like San Francisco territory here. And I'm not even sure the island's worth that much. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're probably going to take everybody's money and run. I mean, they're going to make $60 million just on selling plots of land. Oh, you're, you know what, Carl? You Fire Festival didn't jump immediately to mind, but you're right. It is going to be a nightmare for rich, soft people. That was just the one that I jumped immediately to because I thought Island in a Tropical Space that had a project which was already daft to begin with and then just totally failed. But I'm curious to know what where you jumped to. Because again, you have feelings. You have deep feelings about this. I just see a scam, man. That as soon as... Because the, the, the hype video that has their sort of like people talking about it and then their animation. Um, the animation doesn't start right away. It starts with people like some fairly generic sort of like people who are trying to like hype the project are like in the beginning and they're talking about it. Hey, this is why I love it. This is why you should love it too. And then it jumps to the video. And I, I don't know how to describe the feeling when the animation started. It was something like Carl, I don't know if you've ever gone skydiving, but that's sort of the bottom falling out of your stomach free fall feeling. I had that when it kicked in and I saw this nerd in a helicopter, Jurassic Park style, coming to Crypto Land, it, it just utter disbelief. Like there's, there's really nothing like this. This 
project hits completely uniquely. Yeah, and frankly, everyone should go. You know what? To hell with it. Everyone should go check it out because your life will never be the same again. Your life really won't be the same again once you watch this. I promise. It has taken a lot of effort to not be telling everybody new I meet at work about this. It's hard. It's very difficult. I'm also afraid that if I tell people at work about it, then they're going to buy into it. Either that, or even worse, they may assume that you're buying into it. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, goodness. We've spent a good over tw- over 20 plus minutes talking about Cryptoland now. Do- other thoughts on Cryptoland? <laughs> we spent double the time on Cryptoland than they spent on Cryptoland. That is true. <laughs> uh, a whirlwind romance. <laughs> On tropical island. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, sure. That's a word you could use. A romance. <laughs> uh, talking Lamborghinis. Yeah, uh, that that scream to the moon. Yes, they scream Con- to the moon. Connie's gonna be like, "No, not to the moon. We're going to Crypto Land Hills or whatever." Yeah, the Crypto Hills or whatever. It's like almost like Beverly Hills, but crypto. Which is what they want to make. There's a whole scene where it's like a Scrooge McDuck type situation where it's oh god oh god I forgot about that oh no this is why Morgan has me on this podcast because I remind him about random bits oh I hate it I have to rewatch it yeah there's this whole thing where he checks in there's the Vladimir Club oh my goodness there's this whole hangout space with crypto influencers all the meals at the restaurant are just crazy Oh god, everything's themed, and there's a note. So near the end of the video, after the tour of everything, Connie brings Christopher into sort of like, I guess Connie is the... The con is the one who's organizing everything on the island and whatnot, and is getting everything built. So Connie brings Christopher into his office, and he's showing him blueprints. One of the notes flashes up for a couple of seconds, and this happened. This this it, it exists for a couple of seconds. You can see on these blueprints, even the toilets will be cryptocurrency themed. I I don't know what how how why one why two is this like a Disney um like you go to Disney right and they have like here's like the Star Wars area or here's uh Tomorrowland like it's it's all super themed and like everything makes sense. This feels like a Disney park. Except instead of paying $150, $200 to get in for the day, you're paying a million dollars for uh, an acre of land that is basically tropical jungle. Mm-hmm. It's, oh. oh you I can catch even... malaria and die. Jesus. Yeah, drink your gin and tonics and you won't get malaria. Or there at you least go. you won't get that sick. Yeah. Well, just have some quinine and then you'll be good. Um so another thing you brought up is that I think you told me that gambling is illegal in Fiji. They're okay, so I did some quick looking while we were talking, and yeah. it is – it depends. Okay. It's one of those things. There's permits, and there's a lot of there's a lot of rules, right? And we'll see if these crypto dorks actually can read rules. Right, because at minute eight, they have – I think it's minute eight. I can go back and check. I'm oh, no, they have the fucking casino. Yes, they have a pyramid casino. Oh. Which I'm surprised that the Luxor isn't going to sue them over that. If you, if any of you know, the Luxor is the pyramid casino in Las Vegas. That are best pro shops. 
That or best pro shops. That is true too. The opening clip from the casino scene is some guy talking to. Oh my god! Yes, this is my favorite part. <laughs> is this guy's talking to some lady waitress who seems to be the only other woman other than uh, what's her name? The the like Bianca. The... Well, the check-in lady too. She's also there. So there's three women on this island. Two of them are employees. Where do the employees stay? Is there employee housing? Do they live in the Cryptoland Hills? We don't know. Do they have to, like, take a ferry every day back to some other island where they live? (sighs) Jesus, who's going to pay these people? Anyway, um, this crypto bro is just just laying on the, the, like, dude, the bottom 40 hits of weird, cringy internet nonsense on this poor woman. She's just happy and smiles. It's... This whole thing is a is a, a neckbeards fantasy um, without it, the animated neckbeards. <laughs> yeah, everyone's suspiciously thin and like decent looking. You know his opener to her. You remember his opener? I I try to forget. I come from New York City, New York. <laughs> like, uh, the, you could just say New York. Just <laughs> yeah, you gotta I, say it, New York City. <laughs> No, he says New York City, New York. Like, which other new, which other place on Earth has New York City on it? It's like, <laughs> as soon as you say New York City, I get it. You can either just say New York City, or I come from New York, and people will get it. But I come from New York City, New York. No one actually ever says that. Oh, my God. He's probably yes. from, like, Yonkers and is like has a real inferiority complex. And then he says, I came here to connect a little bit, you know? And that's the last that we hear from him. Oh, God, yeah. Hopefully, he's taken out by the Crypto Land like secret police. He has a he has a, a Pepe meme shirt uh, too. Just uh, and then they also they're playing the ring ding 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 ding. Oh, Crazy Frog. Yes. Yeah, the Crazy Frog song. So, I mean, there's a whole slot machine which says "Get Rich Quick" on it. It's a it's a this whole thing is crazy. Carl, I'm ripping you away from this because I'm going to die where I sit right now. <laughs> Keep doing this. You, uh, So you have got to tell me about this Roblox thing. Uh, what is Roblox? I know it is, it is your deep dive of the month. And this is the, folks, these are the most amount of notes that Carl has ever written for anything. Um, Carl, I owe you at least a dinner or a very hefty bar tab for this. I, so we just got through a whole thing where Morgan had a bunch of feelings. <laughs> this probably tops the list on one of the most bonkers things that I've come across. And I'm enraged, but I will try to level myself. I have had the appropriate amount of intoxication before this. So hopefully Woo! that'll make me a little calmer. Thank you very much. I understand this is a family podcast. I just want to make that disclosure. Oh, do I? Also, I, I mark these explicit. Don't worry. Also, full disclosure for anyone who is about to listen to this section, you can skip ahead to maybe a timestamp way beyond this when we get to our quickfire <laughs> round. But there is... Oh, but this is actually serious Carl talking right now. There is some very serious graphic things that are about to come up and it is this is horrible and revolting and if you know any children who play this game please 
get them away from this system as fast as you possibly can. This is a nightmare. This is one of those things where I'm like, holy moly, this is absolutely unacceptable. And it also makes me enraged too, because this is one of those things from the internet that really affected, you know, it's popular with Gen Z and below. Like millennials had a little bit of the pre-internet, like the MySpace, Neopets, by the way, Neopets was sold to Scientology, but we are not going to get into that right now. there's this whole like we were in the pre-internet stage where we had a little bit of the late coming up and we understood what the first part of the internet looked like and so i have a feeling that that the the millennial generation older in general are a little bit more skeptical and have a little more skeptical eye to the internet whereas gen z grew up with this development and so may not have had a time beforehand where they could think about this so uh my brother actually was uh played on it's called roblox for a while until um i had to basically pry him away from it especially after i watched this because it was this is a lot so there are plenty of sources that i'm going to be citing today there's some great articles from uh the guardian uh the sun uh there's a reason why i'm using the sun the sun is an interesting one for me here uh tech spot uh, Indian Times, Fast Company, and then also some YouTube documentaries, which I will cite appropriately later. And also the worldwide information source, Wikipedia. So, Morgan. Yes. It's called Roblox. Right. Okay. So essentially, Roblox, it's an online gaming platform and game creation system designed by the Roblox Corporation. Got so, it. There you go. Uh, It allows users to program games and then play those games created by other users as well. So think of it kind of like a game of games. Okay. These games run the gambit of all sizes of people, you know, like coding up single projects to, you know, you have teams of people who create really big stuff. Some of them are knockoffs of big celebrity type stuff and popular versions, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, It was created by... David Bazuski and Eric Castle in 2006, which is why I mentioned the whole millennial thing, because we had a little bit of an age gap beforehand and before this ramped up. And it really started getting popular. Let's see. So it was after Minecraft. So Minecraft really started picking up in like 2010, 11. I remember that's when it started getting super popular. So Roblox probably picked up eh, four or five years after that is when it started picking up in popularity. Uh, and then based off of that, so I just mentioned it's a game development, uh, website and platform and service. Cause you can download it you know, on your computer, on your tablet, on your cell phone. Uh, and so in that instance, it allows you to create these games of different complexity hosted in a programming language they called, let's see, L-U-A, L-U-A, which is essentially C. If anyone of those, if any of you computer nerds out there know what C is, I'm sure you do. So send me an angry email saying that you knew C all along. So you're, you get onto this platform and you become a Roblox user. And you can, of course, as I said, download the app onto computer, gaming console, whatever. And then select a game to play. Now, there are, as I said, there are a whole bunch. I think I just said there are like 50 million games that you can choose from. So I'm going to give you some examples. So there's one that's called Adopt Me, which is a game about caregiving, where the players take on the role of 
an adoptive parent or adopted child and take care of everyday needs, like Sims style. There's All right. one called Jailbreak, which is a knockoff of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, let's see. There's Murder Mystery 2, which is kind of a, a, a werewolf among us horror game. Uh, there's Bloxburg, which is essentially The Sims. Royal High is tagged as an adventure game. It's a fantasy RPG. And uh, Counterblocks is my personal favorite. It is a bootlegged version of Counter-Strike. <laughs> I... I love that. So all the and so Beautiful. the big thing about Roblox, the thing that it's known for, is that all these games have this sort of like blocky Lego-ish looking design with the characters, and because it, it all has the same basic platforms and artifacts that you use in when you code to generate up these games. So I mean, people make like golfing games and all these, and just a whole bunch of different varieties. Like I said, there's 50 million of them that that these people have made, and they're all made by the content creators, and then they're hyped up on the platform uh people play them of uh, uh you know all these users will play them and it'll track with their popularity and so it's supposed to i guess you could say it allows younger people to get in and you know if they want to express their coding skills they could this is an, an easy way to get in and say hey i made this game for other people and then build up experience and it's it could foster young developers which is an interesting concept the thing is that it, the target audience for Roblox is so you're supposed to have a content warning and it's recommended for ages 13 and up, but there's a large demographic split in that. And I'm just going to go ahead and mention that right out the gate that about 30% of the Roblox game users, and this is from Statica, are 9 to 12, 25% are under the age of 9, 13% were between 13 and 16. So essentially, you're looking at a population where, let's see, two-thirds of Roblox users are underage or at 16. Again, it's a young community. And there are people who are that young who make video games. And they use the scripting and coding language in Roblox to make their own video games. And they become really popular and successful. Okay, I'm a user, but I want to make a game as well. So Roblox has a Roblox Studio software. You can, quote unquote, make anything. And according to them, quote, Roblox Studio lets you create anything and release with one click to smartphones, tablets, desktops, consoles, and virtual reality devices. And they offer a developer hub, a one-stop shop for publishing on Roblox. So it sounds pretty cool so far. Like, like this, the... If like when I was growing up, if something like this existed, I could see how this would be really oh, yeah. cool. So it sounds good so far. So there is a way to monetize this. That's where it starts getting. That's this is where the story starts during the slight turn. It's like the turn around the bend. So there's a defined market, and the Roblox Corporation at their site at least claims that. Their top developers, and this is real money, their top developers are earning over $2 million a year just by providing uh, uh, from in-game purchases. Because you can, because part of the whole aspect of it is that you can purchase things in-game. Now, the base of Roblox is free. You go in, you click on a game, you can play it. But you know, there are collectibles that you can get and customizable things to customize your character you know, to, to make yourself unique and different. There were other online games in the past who've done that, or MMOs. Again, this, this whole thing about character customization. So you can 
spend real money to get this virtual currency, which is Robux. And at the moment, it's running about, oh, uh, what do I want to put this? So the actual uh, transaction amounts vary, but you can also buy a, a premium subscription too. So you can get Roblox each, uh, Robux each month. And that's those run about 5 to 20 bucks per month, which I would say is relatively standard if you're spending money on an online MMO. Because uh, I've had subscriptions for that before. Uh, old old school RuneScape was about five bucks. Yeah, I, th I think that was uh, some. Uh, some of these other ones also had uh, similar costs to that too. Although I think the premium, at least in Roblox's case, is a little bit uh, Roblox's case is a little bit higher. And uh, you can use their virtual currency to buy DLCs if they're offered from a game developer. Uh, some of them do like one-time pass charges. So kind of like almost you were buying a game off of Steam or if you're going into the Epic Game Store, if you're going to do something along those lines. So you can give give back to the developers. Uh, but the base game is free, but then you also can buy, sell, create these virtual items and these games. If the new DLC content comes out for one that you really like, you know, just so there's a monetized aspect to this. And part of the proceeds go back to the developers of these games, which again, are essentially the users. And as I've already mentioned, the user base generally tends to being underage. So keep that in mind. And the, I don't think I explicitly mentioned the conversion rate. The conversion rate varies, but I believe at the moment, according to the Roblox website, it is, let's see, about 286, 287 Roblox, uh, Robux per dollar. So the conversion rate is uh, one Robux is about, 0.0035 US dollars, so a third of a cent, somewhere around there. And yeah, like I already said, they use a, a freemium premium model. Uh, I mentioned they have three different uh, subscriptions between five and 20 bucks a month, which comes with its own bonus Robux. And as I said, it's become really popular. It's become so popular, in fact, I just couldn't go without saying this, that they now have a con too. It's called BloxCon. 2020, Roblox hosted its first virtual concert, and this is from Wikipedia, during which, quote, American rapper Little Nas X debuted his song Holiday to an audience of Roblox players. Okay. I mean, it, is, it, it was deep in the pandemic still. Sure, yeah, virtual concert. Yeah, Exactly. Another one of my personal favorites is in October of last year, 2021, Roblox partnered with, quote, Chipotle Mexican Grill, to give away $1 million of burritos away to the first 30,000 people every day as a part of Chipotle's Halloween burrito promotion. Burrito spelled with two O's. Why? Okay. So so that pun, that little, little, little touch of wordplay, makes, like, it makes complete, perfect, crystal clear sense. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Nope. Like, why did it take until October of last year to come up with that? I guess someone just thought that it was too dumb to come out and directly say, but I think it's I think it's brilliant. Maybe. I'm not a marketing person. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. I, I hate that I love that. So at the end of the day, and just wrapping this all up, there are about 200 million users of Roblox uh, worldwide. Jesus. Over 40 million active users, which I think one of the articles that I cited said that 
like half of U.S. children have a Roblox account, which is crazy. Yeah. What? I know. What? Yeah. Morgan is staring at me right now in disbelief. Yeah, it's it's wild. So there's they have a market cap of at least at the time of 2020 over 35 billion dollars. Their revenue in 2020 was 2.2 billion dollars, which I just put as a context of in 2020, uh, one of the most popular games, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, made 1.9 billion that year. So you can get a sort of a sense of how big Ro- uh, Roblox was. It is in rank order, I believe, at least for children. Fortnite is first. Minecraft and then Roblox is right there in terms of I think it's either active user base or just looking up Google search results. That's the that's the breakdown right there, just to give you a sense. And as I said, this is geared towards children. So here's where the shoe drops. And again, I cited a bunch of different articles for this. Guardian was one source that came in super clutch, which the title of its article was The Trouble with Roblox. The video game empire built on child labor. So you know where this is going. But far in advance of that, I do have to give credit where credit is due to the YouTube developers and creators called People Make Games. They essentially do video game journalism. And if you are not subscribed to them, I highly recommend you do because they do a bunch of in-depth investigative pieces. And this piece that they did on Roblox made the rounds. And it was first in August of 2021, where they did Investigation, How Roblox is Exploiting Young Game Developers. They got about a million views or so. But then Roblox reached out to them and told them to delete that video or take it down. It's like, hmm. So they did a follow-up video of some even worse content. Roblox pressured us to delete our video, so we dug deeper, released in December. And that got... 3.9 million views, which at least to me signifies that the Streisand effect still is an operation on the internet. The whole idea that the internet never forgets. And for those of you who don't remember the Streisand effect, there was this whole thing about where a journalist took a, a photograph of Barbara Streisand's house. I believe it was in California and Barbara Mm -hmm. Streisand didn't like the fact that someone took a picture of her house, so she asked the journalist to remove it, and instead the internet got a hold of it and then made so many different websites and spread in so many different places that the Streisand legal team had no possible way of removing all the other pictures of it. So once you tell the internet not to do something, it does the exact opposite. And it made it more popular by saying it was bad, and thus more widely spread and more widely shared because there's this whole thing about take this down. It's like, nope, we're going to spread it even more. So that just to let you know that the good old internet is coming in clutch for the rest of us. So like I just said, I just quoted the Guardian article about, oh, what? Child labor? Why, yes. So uh, when you create a video game, I'm just going to call that a video game on Roblox, uh, Roblox takes a cut. So if you're aware... Uh, any of the other platforms where you buy video games from, so like Steam or the Epic Game Store, they will take cuts from games uh, published on their platform. So I think Steam takes a 30% cut of sales. Epic, I think it's 12. Uh, Someone may have to check me on that. Send me an email, Epic, if you're listening to this. Roblox does too. Fun thing about that, though, is that you you are paid in Robux. 
for the success of your game. If it has published, you know, DLC content, for example, if people pay to use it, you're paid in Robux. Uh, Roblox takes a 70% cut, an over 70% cut. Oh, yeah. So... Holy... Can you can you turn uh well, their you can. fake money into so, real money though? There's a limit though. Okay. There there's some there's some problems with this. It is my understanding that the price to buy Robux is higher than the price that Roblox will take, you know, if you're converting their currency into real cash, which makes sense. Other games have done that before. Okay. At the time that I think that people made games Sure. Made their video. I believe it was something on the order of a uh, like a hundred thousand robux uh, was a thousand dollars. It was like the terms of the of the, the buying the buying power equivalent. Like if you had to buy all of that, what would that look like? So the exchange rate to buy would be you know a uh, hundred to one, and the exchange rate to sell much much different. It's a fraction of that. So if you were to take 100,000 Robux and convert that into cash, that $1,000 suddenly is only 350. Now, mind you, that's already of the 70% cut that they take. That is already a fraction of what you could have been making, but Roblox took that. Here's the kicker you need at least $1,000 worth of Robux to withdraw cash. So if you make the buying power equivalent of $999, you cannot withdraw that into real-life currency. You have to hit the 1,000. You have to buy more Robux in order to withdraw the Robux that you made from your game. And of course, if you make a really small game oh. and you're just in it you know, you're you're a single person you may not get a thousand dollars worth of currency to withdraw in order to convert into real life cash so there are a bunch of young people out here which are just getting totally screwed and of course i will emphasize again these are children mostly these are minors who are making content for Roblox, the platform that publishes all of these games. Now, on top of that, there's a... Okay, so you know, maybe you're a, you're, you're a single developer. Well, you can also work in teams, and that's where part of this Guardian article comes in. So I'm just going to generalize here for a moment. They also, they had to use... Uh, pseudonyms for these people because of course they didn't some of these people were underage at the time and it appropriately sourced enough there was the very first person that this guardian article cites was uh this young girl who they call anna who was 10 years old when she built her first video game on roblox so she's not atypical and uh, she used roblox much like someone would you know play with stuffed toys for example you know but getting people invested into video gaming and she started learning music composition, computer programming, 3D modeling, sort of the things, Morgan, you were talking about earlier, like it would be so cool if this if younger people had access to this. So she made games, but then she got uh, caught up by some developers who had been 
making larger Roblox games and they started offering your, why don't you collaborate with us? Cause we like your work and we'd like to see some more of what you have. So they're saying about game makers in their twenties who messaged her with a proposition to collaborate on a more ambitious project. Mind you, she's 10 working with video game developers who are in their twenties on a Skype call on a business meeting where they are talking about how they can split the pro the proceeds of this video game project. So she then, it turns out, had a huge success with this game by the time that she was 16. And it turns out that if she was able to convert all of her money into, uh, that she was making from Roblox into a salary, it, she could have earned up to $300,000 in a year, which was more than both of her parents' incomes combined. She was 16. That is that's really, really good. <laughs> really good. So she was going to take a, uh, uh, you know, at 16. That's dramatic. That's huge. And of course, she was going to get that much because she was going to get a, a cut of the proceeds. Because of course, she was going to do her coding bit. The other developers were going to do their coding bits. And at the end of the day, they were all going to get together when, you know, they put this out on the Roblox platform. They would get the virtual currency back. She would get 10% of it. She would convert that 10% into actual cash. So if she can get $300,000 from that at 16, she was going places. With that in mind, the article goes on is that she was working from this pr on this project from about 2016, 2018. She did animation, sound, 3D modeling, again, young programmer, and she was a child involved in a game project worth over $2 million. Crazy. But the thing is that her cut, or, you know, her proceeds, it all came down to a verbal agreement. You know, there's no regulation that says if you go into this multiple developer program and opportunity that they have to honor whatever word they give. So... The fact that there was no contract in place allowed these developers to come back to her and essentially tell the rest of her and her design team, oh, what we're going to do instead is we're going to treat you all as contractors and we're going to pay you a flat rate. And her demotion amounted to a 40% pay cut from whatever she was earning before that. And she had no say because, again, there was no written contract. Mind you, there was no written contract because she's underage. She was a minor. She was a young child working on a video game development project with a bunch of other young people who don't know about labor laws. This whole thing. And of course, there was no recourse. There was no HR that she could call because this is just a, an agreement between developers. We'd all done on discords and other offline sites, which Ro Roblox says, so we're not in charge of. We don't regulate, so it's not our problem. But again, these are children working on big video games for this platform that could possibly earn millions of dollars. So there's some serious child labor law exploitation going on here. And on top of that, the, of course, the, the coup that I like in all of this was essentially the fact that there, were, there was talk of child developers working, you know, eight, 10 hour days working on gaming development because Otherwise, they would be kicked off a program, someone else would come on, and they would lose that prestige within the community.
So this is this is bad. I'm just going to I'm just going to make that controversial statement. Using children as part of as part of your the labor system for your content creation is pretty bad. So on top of that, at the end of the day, it turns out that Roblox, of course, the fact that they have the system where they can allow child labor to make all their content and then, of course, pay people in Robux for the games that are created on their platform, essentially their in-house currency, and make it really difficult to for other people to take their earnings out. For every dollar that is put into Robux and Roblox, Roblox keeps all but 17 cents, which goes back to developers. So every dollar that someone puts into a game, the developers get 17 cents. And again, we are talking about games made by children. I mean, this is basically children working at the textile factories back in the day. It's a similar like it sort of deal. It really crosses over electronic. into that territory once you get into these videos and once you get into these explanations. They go into some very dark places very quickly. Like these are these are people worried about how many hours in a day can I can I reasonably work? And I'm going to board meetings and I'm and I'm having Zoom calls, but like twelve year olds just. 12-year-olds having to experience a full work day. I couldn't imagine being 12 and going through that kind of stress and horror. Just, I... It builds character. Turns into a, It turns into the corporate, corporate sociopath that you need to be in order to succeed. Yes, we're raising corporate sociopaths as, you know, from, from the tender minor ages of possibly as young as nine or younger. I mean, that's just uh, someone in it, uh, you know, that can skip a year at school, probably. And again, no regulation on their platform about this. The robot's just like, yeah, it's not our problem. We're just here to let people create whatever they want. And, uh, and of course, it sort of feeds on itself because you can promote your games, but also Roblox, uh, Roblox automatically essentially tells you what the most popular games are, but it doesn't have a system of promoting new content. So essentially, everything that's already established already has an advantage. Like the games that I cited have an advantage because more people play them. But of course, in order to get people to play your game, you need people to play them. And if they're only playing the things that are most popular, you're not going to get promoted. So most of these game developers just make this without getting a whole lot from it. The high development games are, of course, run by child slave coders. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out right there. And then Roblox just takes all the money. So that's wonderful. I just it to be to be fair, it is a pretty good business model. Is you get other people to do the work for you, and you pay them pennies. Oh, even better, you get children to do the work for you because children don't understand labor laws and and, fin and finance regulations and all the sorts of other. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Just, just destroy some good old child naivete just from a very young age. Oh, but that's only the first part in a three-part saga, Morgan. We haven't even scratched the surface because now I have to talk to you about gambling and casino culture, a.k.a. Roblox invented NFTs before NFTs became a thing. So there are, there's a collectible cosmetics market. Okay, lots of video games have 
the collectible cosmetics. They're, that's sure. They, that's pretty popular. You can buy customizable items for your Roblox character because you can take your Roblox character essentially anywhere and that you can wear and use in-game. You can buy fancy hats. You can buy different facial features and clothes. Uh, popular brands got in on some of this as well. I think there, in the video that I looked at, Vans got in on the action at one point. So who creates these? Why Roblox does. And you can... Only get some of these after a limited time, or there's a limited quantity of them. And so what does that sound like? Why it sounds like an NFT to me. Wait, <laughs> we're back to crypto, baby. We're back to crypto. Because, you know, <laughs> you can argue that Roblox is like, a, is like a crypto trading platform and Robux is a cryptocurrency. Oh, I just want to like jump in front of a train. So you can only get these items after, you know, that limited quantity or, or time by trading with another player or at going on this market. Fun fact about the market, if you try to sell an item, Roblox takes a 30% cut <laughs> of whatever you try to sell. Now, the crazy thing about this market is that the maximum price is 999,999,999 Robux. And so okay. at the time, yeah, the, the people made games were talking about, hey, look at this one item. Uh, look at this 3 million Robux sparkly fedora. That is $15,000 of real life money. How? Yes. I mean, I, I get how, because a, a thing is only as valuable as what someone's willing to uh... but, but 15 grand? For a sparkling fedora that your character... And again, and, and, and again, what is the age demographic of, like, a quarter of the users? Like, 9 to 13? Oh, let me pull it up for you. 29... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 29% of Roblox game users were aged 9 to 12 years old worldwide. 25%. 25%, a quarter, were under the age of nine. Okay. If anyone can remember being nine years old, because I can't, uh, just imagine, just like, oh, I have enough fake money points to buy something that you don't know what it's worth. Oh, it turns out it's worth $15,000, like real American dollars. And that's not even the maximum price. That that's just three million dollars of uh, or three million Robux out of a maximum potential price of any one item of nine hundred ninety nine million. I already said that. Oh, this is this is oh man, this is wild. This is the wildest thing you're ever going to talk. Oh, about. Oh, it gets even better than this. I promise. No. So <laughs> so they release these and ooh, they're limited editions, which and have an open trade on this platform. They had a stock price graph for each of these items, which tells you the value of it over time. You are having people, children, nine years old, gambling on items that you can buy and sell in this game, betting that when they buy an item, the price of it will go up when they sell it. Is that, is this just not sort of, hard won lessons in how to understand the stock market when they're older? Unlike the stock market, none of these things have actual value. 
Oh, okay, yeah, it's all just uh, absolute make them up. Okay. <laughs> like I said, these are this is te- this isn't teaching children about the stock market. In a weird ironic way, it's teaching children the horrors of NFTs. Cuz there are all these things too about how uh even Ro- Roblox developers have scammed people out of their important items and then sold them for themselves and Roblox has essentially said, mm, can't do anything about it. Just, meh. you know, items worth several thousand dollars of real life money. Just throwing it out there and just like, yeah, let's teach children about gambling in the stock market. Nothing could possibly go wrong about that. Nothing could possibly go, go wrong from children because they want to act cool to their peers online. Like they want to buy these customizable items. Oh, you know, this thing that costs... $6,000 of real life money? What's real life money anyway? Here, just buy this and you'll be happy. Have your parents' credit card? Yeah. Yes. Oh no. So, comes from TechSpot. I think I, I think I cited this. Where dad, quote, discovers his 11-year-old daughter spent almost $6,000 on Roblox. The subtitle of this article was, She thought it was Monopoly money. I mean, it is Monopoly money. Yes. In this case, an 11-year-old girl spent, this is 4,600 pounds, on a hugely popular Roblox using her dad's debit card. Here's how they get you, is because your parents, you know, they'll, they'll see your credit card. It's like, oh yeah, it's a premium, so, you know, it's a premium subscription, $5 a month, whatever. Here's my credit card information. So, there's, the thing is that after the parents input the credit card information, apparently at this time i don't know if it's still the case now there was no sort of like parental paywall mechanism as to where someone like a parent or guardian has to come by and approve a real life money transaction so he was like i was astonished to see hundreds and hundreds of separate transactions all between a pound and 10 pounds i couldn't understand it i thought i'd been scammed but that he phoned the bank to cancel his debit card, but that didn't stop another thousand pounds being taken out by his Google Play account. She was, he said his daughter believed she was playing with Monopoly money. Just like, uh, uh. So, yeah. Teaching children that they can just use their parents' real life thousands of dollars to buy just the smallest little in game customizables. I don't see the problem. <laughs> I know you're just messing with me right now. But even better than that, there is an, as of course, the fact that there's a 30% cut that Roblox takes for if you try to sell on this uh, market is that it has started a black market for customizables as well. A completely... How? A, an unregulated market on top of an unregulated market because no one wants to wants to have that thirty percent cut taken away from them, so you have right. off the you know, off the books transactions between Roblox players to sell their customizables to other players, and again, mind you, two thirds of this game's demographic are under age. How does so? How does the black market work? Do you just sort of like trade on like another website and then private transfer within the system yeah or? what you can do is and I, I may i may mention this you can kind of um you can swap items with another player so i don't again i have not gotten into roblox because i find it an infinity cesspool I, but 
on this uh, platform, it looks like that maybe you can swap two items and one of them, maybe it's a really valuable item. The other one is, you know, just, I don't know, like a tissue, piece of tissue paper. Swap yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic, cl classic sort of like underhanded DM trade. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the, but there are websites which help facilitate those buyer-seller transactions. Okay. And if you get screwed on those, again, if you're a nine-year-old and you get screwed on one of those, you have no recourse, yeah. period. Exactly. So yeah, that's uh, that's the black market on top of a extremely, extremely just banana system of essentially having kids gamble on a stock market for collectibles and NFT-like so, things at a very young so, age. So Carl, gambling is bad, and it's really bad when kids are learning how to run how to use the stock market but like you could like argue like oh that's good because you know that's a financial lesson for later in life does this actually like get really bad what what is like millions of like kids under the age of 13 being on an online space uh being exploited for their money what does that do it's like there can't be any sort of like further negative downsides right no of course not okay good Good. We'll just wrap this episode up. Then. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to wrap this up right here. Nope. That, we're not going to talk <laughs> about that. No, of course not. Because you thought that child labor was bad. You thought that child gambling was bad. <sighs> I have to talk about... I, I, Do it. I, um, I, again, content warning. I have to talk about child rape sexual harassment, pedophilia, and sex parties. Uh, excuse, excuse me, we went from uh, financial crimes to what now? I went to sex crimes, yes. Underage sex crimes. Okay. Oh, yeah. It, it, ladies and gentlemen, you thought it was bad. It gets worse. <sighs> so I, I am again, I couldn't even manage to have a write-up for this section because I was so enraged by this point. And also, it's it's just utter filth and disgusting. There's a weird element of humor in it, not in this section, but in another one. But there's a uh, separate section in here about how, yes, there is content moderation. Yes, there's, for their chat, you have to be over, you have to be over 13 years of age, but there's no age verification on that. So what is that really? Um, they have a moderation system where if you lodge complaints, they take stuff down rather than being like a pre-approval process. So it has led to a bunch of different things. And of course, like I already said, with game developers, a lot of the stuff if you work in groups is shifted on, off, off Roblox to like Discord servers and other places. So it's not, that stuff's definitely not content moderated. And Roblox is sort of just like, eh. So one thing that was mentioned in these articles from People Make Games and The Guardian talks about how there was a particularly toxic one on a popular platform or a popular game that was Sonic Eclipse Online, which was a knockoff of the Sonic the Hedgehog series, and how there was a game creator, Jaden Sheldetsky, who went by the handle Dr. Rofatnik, which is somehow charming, but he's, he's a pile of scum. Uh, back in 2017, when he was 24 at the time, uh, 
was a very bad corporate boss and always wanted to get more out of his developers and people would burn out. Uh, Green said that he began to have effects on his mental health and I felt like being incredibly burned out. Mind you, he was 12 to 14 while he worked on this project and having negative effects on his mental health and burned out at 12 to 14. I just recently burned out at my work and I'm 27. I couldn't imagine being burned out 13 years ago. That's too, that's too much. But Sheldetsky denied that he threatened collaborators with replacement. But of course, who cares? Because the next thing is that Rachel, who is like, this is a pseudonym at this point, because uh, let's see, Reagan Green was brave enough to give his name. Rachel started playing Roblox when she was six. She became involved in the same game when she was 12, Sonic Eclipse Online, and they had their own private Discord chat forum. I just mentioned the whole fact about how that's very popular for the development of these projects. And the forum was run by Sheldetsky, and she says it was a place to discuss development of the project, but as a typical internet hangout characterized by meme sharing and ironic in-jokes. And she says, quote, it was an absolute cesspool of toxicity. Sheldetsky, remember at the time, who was in his 20s, started a private chat with Rachel soon after she joined the server. I'll remind you, she's 12. He began sending her private updates on the progress of the game. He then interspersed these messages with innuendos and sexual jokes. And then he soon changed the, changed the tone. And then he started uh, sexualizing other women in the server, including her. This is straight up, like, child sexual harassment. And it's... Uh, sexual exploitation of minors because it just goes way downhill from there it got even worse than that uh, parts of things that i don't even want to go into about types of messages that he left her and i could put yes, all these links will, in the show we'll notes. some of them in the i would recommend the guardian article and then these two uh, investigative pieces that uh people make games may uh came up with because it's about this consistent drumbeat of Children are not protected on this platform and they are, and some of them are being sexually exploited by people who should know better and there is no legal recourse for them. And it is disgusting. I mean, I also quote an article too here, which is where the sun comes in, where it was talking about how, okay, that was an, that was an instance of my, of a minor developer being sexually harassed and abused by another developer there are games as well where people can live out things like rape fantasies. And that's just like, holy cow. So in The Sun, there was this article. Of course, The Sun, I think, is a popular interpretation. If our UK friends are listening to this podcast, has a relatively sensationalist type vibe. But here, I think their sensationalism really captures the moment where it says... Mum shares outrage after seeing seven-year-old daughter's character gang-raped in online Roblox game. The article is as bad as you as it sounds. I do not even need to go into the contents of that. It reminds you, this girl is seven years old. And it is happening Jesus. to her character in a game. This really, this isn't like it reached levels which weren't even funny. And this is this is toxic on this platform. Like, and these things keep cropping up and it's crazy. But that's not even like, 
that's that's bad. Like I, I I talked, I just mentioned two bad things. This next one is just an I don't even know what in the flying flip is going on. It's from Fast Company, and I believe I, I mentioned that in the show notes. This is an interesting twist. So this one you could play as more lighthearted, but this one's just okay. Their title of the article is Sex, Lies, and Video Games Inside Roblox's War on Porn. Roblox presents itself as a parent as a safe space for kids. Behind the scenes, it's waging a technological shadow war against condo games, which are digital sex parties where kids are flirting with danger. Oh, yeah. And and this article by Bert Helm. Man, I love this piece. And I hate this piece because of the fact that it's so good. Talks about how there's this Roblox player. Again, pseudonyms, because these are children. These are minors. Roblox player known as Dazzly. I think D-A-Z-Z-E-L-Y. I think Dazzly. I'll call him that. And he, you know, he was a typical Roblox player. He started when he was 11. And then he was 12. He learned about converting to... Uh, Roblox currency into real dollars. And then uh, Desley, who's now 19, he is a apparently a YouTube personality. I didn't know that. Part tabloid reporter, part internet troll. Pokes around Roblox's dark corners and uploads his exploits to the video game platform where he has 43,000 subscribers. I'm going to go check him out. For Desley, uh, he got a push notification in 2017, so he started in, let's see, I guess 2012 when he was 11, so 2017, he'd be, what, 16 years old? He's 16. He got a message via Discord for a of a hyperlink to a Roblox game called The Condo. He joins this game, and he realizes the game setting was a couple of rooms in a kitchenette, a pool in the backyard. It resembled a small condominium. But it wasn't the floor plan that caught his attention. It was the, quote, writhing crowd of naked Roblox avatars in the bungalow's living room. Why is that even an option? I'm just As asking someone had questions. The Roblox child safety filters. That's what he thought. But, oh. he, but he started recording and it's like, okay. this is wild. And no, it's... um, But the games... Uh, these types of games, these, you know, these condo games, as they're now called, uh, where you just run around naked and have sex with other Roblox characters. Again, these servers managed by children under age. Just, mm. So this... And, and I hate to say this is very libertarian, but it seems like this is a, a, a platform that's really hands-off. Yes, well, on they a don't... Lot of this so, for example, I just mentioned the moderation content. They don't pre-screen these games. They just, like, you can upload whatever you want. Well, of course, when you can upload whatever yeah. you want, eventually it's going to get into filth. And if your target demographic is minors, minors are going to get access to that. And it's just... There is a full... A video of someone, and I'll, I'll look this to you later, where it has, oh, there's all these different uh, options at the top of your screen where you can lay someone, hug, dance, bang, suck. 
And you can also, there's options too. Nope. Pardon? Nope. Pardon? I am not Pardon? making that what? up. It is the top of this overlay. Can you no, please be making it up? Uh, oh, God. It goes on, this article goes on. This virtual online den showed an array of sex toys. The private room upstairs was furnished only with beds. The basement was a torchlit sex dungeon. Uh, new players started this game with a choice, boy, girl, or other. Seeing one, And then selecting one of the options immediately stripped your clothes and transported you poolside. Play, clicking other placed you clothed in a room full of sex toys. Avatars could choose among more than 25 different body positions and movements, most of them simulating sex acts. The, okay, this part it was actually funny to me, but it, it shouldn't be. The, the haha ha house. No! 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 That's no, what I broke. No, no, Again, no, no, I will. I will keep saying this is <laughs> this is a platform marketed to minors, and minors came up with this. And this sex game, uh-huh. the main space is called the Ha Ha House. I feel very cold. Like a chill came over me. This is like I feel like I'm in like yes. a horror movie at the moment. So <laughs> it's it's and this article goes on to talk about how players have exploited Roblox to allow them to curse upload explicit content, and manipulate games in ways the company never intended. Gee. (laughs) Uh, Just... There's... So, to Roblox's credit, the morning that the ha-ha house went live, they shut it down, but that hardly mattered because there were still two of these other game, condo games that were still running. One set in a windowless bunker with posters of bart simpson and spongebob another in a cavernous smoke-filled nightclub so they're essentially playing whack-a-mole with these games and they're and this article goes on to talk about you know any one of these popular games where miners pretend to have sex acts with other miners you can trap up to a thousand players in any one of these any one moment all drinking, vaping, swearing, and generally getting their bodily blocky freak on. And it's... There's also Discord servers as well, which are full of this. Now, Discord, again, tries to ban them when they can. But still, you keep running into the fact that people are still making them, and there's no sense of, we have to take a proactive role and not just a reactive role in any of these groups. Uh like that now roblox finally censored the word condo but that just moved everyone to discuss them now on reddit and reddit is probably like well what's up with all these roblox users now talking about condos and like as this euphemism and just it's uh this article again goes on to say that fast company interviewed 17 members of discord condo servers 14 who created their own condo games themselves, all said they were between the ages of 13 and 17. So the makers of these condo games are minors. These are people who are not legal adults. 
Apparently, and again, the, and again, the, the people who worked at Fast Company were like, ah, you got to be joking. Three of them produced their school IDs to prove that they were underage. They were like, yes, I am underage. Yes, I did make a sex dungeon. Is the saving grace that this was done by children instead of adults luring children in? And when I say saving grace, I mean... It there, could be there, worse. You just created the one situation where it could have been worse. And there's this one okay. where it talks about this 16-year-old had been creating all of these G-rated Roblox games for most of his life, and then he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just create a, a sex dungeon of my own. And then that was the one that took off. Uh, he managed to make 3,000 Robux off of this. Other condo game operators are more sophisticated, says another one who was who was interviewed for this article. He said, oh yeah, I'm 13. It's just, why? How? Sweet child who uses like VPNs and other shadowy accounts to evade bans. And there's like, you're 13 years old. He prefers the, to call these games ERP, which stands for erotic role play. He's 13. So I, this, con- this, uh, this article by Fast Company is... Very interesting. And it goes on. It is a long read. But I, I encourage anyone to read this. But that's... Young adult, young adults just making young adult games. Except they're not. And so we've hit with Roblox the trifecta of child labor and exploitation child gambling, and underage sex, all in one. And Morgan, I don't have a good conclusion for this. That's Roblox. That's December 2021. And that's why they're raking in $2 billion a year in revenue. so. So I encourage all of you out there, if you know anyone who plays Roblox, please dissuade them possibly go in and delete their accounts for them this is a as i said an infinity cesspool that only goes deeper and it's clear that this company does not want to change and again as i keep saying most of its user demographic are minors it really sucks because it does sound like a very Oh yeah, it's like concept. the perfect it's it's like that any sort of movie concept where the perfect ideal which has been corrupted and it's and it's like yeah, absolutely or you know, it's like a, any other popular video game that has that kind of genre like the um and here I'm I'm expressing my biases. It's like the BioShock genre of oh this idealized concept of a place and it's been corrupted by its own intricacies. Like was it doomed to fail from the beginning because of its own idealism? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I was wondering where you're going with that. Original Bioshock. It is based off of Ayn Rand's objectivist philosophy. Is it objectivist? Objectivism? Is that it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, which, yep. It kind of goes all sorts of different places, but it talks about, you know, was this ideal corrupted or was it failed from the beginning? And that's sort of the. I feel like Roblox has made its own little Bioshock novella from this ideal of inspiring young content creators to 
whatever this muck is. Which is doubly upsetting because I haven't played a lot of the Bioshock mm -hmm. series, even though I need to. Um, just as one of those things that needs to be done. But uh, my understanding is that there are little girls with giant robot daddies in there, and and that might be that might be like a little yes, more on the, the nose. The, it is like. very on the nose. Well, we should probably get to our quick fire <laughs> round. Oof. Get this. We should. We should. We should flush it. Take all these bad vibes, and we should flush them out. Get in with the quick fire. Get her done, Carl. <laughs> Betty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Betty White is right after. Dead. Did you see that all the cover articles, of like the People magazine, where it's like Betty White turns a hundred. Her her birthday was like. January it, it, 1st or something, It's, right? it's like January. The it's like, I think it's like the first or second week of January somewhere in there when Betty White's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please oh, look that for me. Up. January 17th. January yeah, there was 17th. all these articles that came out about Betty White's turning 100. And then I like to imagine as a final comedic act, Betty White just turned to camera and went, no, she isn't. <laughs> May she rest in peace. I have oh, not God. watched Golden Girls in a long time, but now I really want to go back. You got to do it after you're done with your. I, I should, because there's a specific clip that I always remember, which apparently was unscripted. It's about the Herring War. That apparently that whole sketch uh -huh. yeah, was yeah, unscripted. Yeah. See, that's not the one that sticks out for me. The one that sticks out is the bit about I'm going out, and it's either to get ice cream or to commit a felony. <laughs> I don't know that's what yet. Good. That's my. That's my Golden Girls moment, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, God, God love you, Betty White. You, honestly, ninety nine, I'd be happy not getting to a hundred years of age if I was able to live. To and, well, she was almost a hundred anyway, so it's like you know a technical one hundred. Good enough, but yeah, it's good. Enough. Raise our glass, uh, glasses to you, Betty White. May you rest in peace. God bless you. Okay, so Morgan. Courtney Love has the scoops yep. on Elon Musk. Jesus fucking Christ. So Courtney Love, who's I keep forgetting, is still alive, um, was apparently on an email chain with a bunch of PayPal bros from uh, that included Elon Musk that apparently said some um, pretty wild stuff, and she was threatening to unleash that uh, if Elon continued to be himself. So Bernie had made a tweet that said, we must demand that the extremely wealthy pay their fair share, period. Fine, whatever. Musk replies back, I keep forgetting Ooh. you're still alive, which, you know what? Elon Musk is, I think, by the technical numbers, the number, like the number one or like number He's in the top five, like, richest men in the world, right? He's just firing off these hot shots. Courtney Love, Courtney Love Cobain, because they did get married, um, uh, had access on a blind carbon copy to the PayPal Ooh. Mafia email group. And, and, uh, it's basically trying to, extort some sort of blackmail out of elon like hey maybe you should 
pay your taxes because I have all this information about, you know, for, nothing really came of it, which is a real damn shame. Um, because I would love to see the Courtney Love popping mm-hmm. off tweet thread. Uh, and depending how, who you think killed Kurt Cobain, Elon Musk should be pretty I just have to say that Elon Musk has really shown, uh, again, foul language, how much of a shit poster he can turn out to actually be. Because that whole thing about popping off at Bernie Sanders, like, I forgot you're still alive. That's that's a pretty banger of a tweet. That's, I, that, I, I, I'm more the mantra of let them fight. Kind of like how I think he got into a, a battle sure. with Senator Warren. Yeah. But it's this whole it's this whole thing about <laughs> gotta love just that that mentality of i I can say whatever I want because I have billions of dollars. Yes. It would be so, nice. Maybe I'll make maybe I'll make uh, will, will you make billions of US dollars or billions of Robux? <sighs> Dude, whatever allows me to uh, pop off at senators. Man. Speaking of popping off at politicians, apparently Tucker Carlson and Hunter Biden are buddies. This is another one. They are. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tucker had actually asked Hunter Biden to write like a letter of recommendation, I believe, for one of his kids. How recently? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Oh, uh, okay. Twenty fourteen. So, yeah. yeah, for um, for Buckley, Buckley okay. Carlson. Wait, 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 wait. Her name yeah. is Buckley Carlson. I don't want to gender one of his kids, okay. but Buckley. So Buckley Carlson was looking to get into Georgetown, and uh, Hunter was willing to write a letter of recommendation and Tucker's email is Hunter. I can't thank you enough for writing that letter to Georgetown on Buckley's behalf. So nice of you. I know it'll help. Hope you're great. And we can mm-hmm. all get dinner soon. Ah, it just goes to show it's it, Tucker just runs a massive grift. That, that, that's, that's just, it's the bottom line is that we know it's a grift and there's evidence of it. So part of part of grift yeah. is you cash them checks, right? And I think this moves beyond okay. cashing of checks. For for just like money or Roblox dollars or mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Because Tucker Carlson doesn't have to worry about money. He's an heir to the uh Schwan, I think it's Schwan, like frozen okay. fish fortune. The man has a lot of money. If he doesn't have it now, it's coming to him. Maybe he's greedy, maybe he's not, whatever. But I think I think Tucker Carlson's whole shtick, whether or not he's completely changed from 2014 to now. I mean, 2014 a was long time ago. Seven goddamn years ago. Um, like a long time ago, relatively speaking. Like pe- people change, but like Tucker Carlson has mm-hmm. the number one show on Fox. Republican politicians contact him privately to see what he's talking about so their talking points can line up with his. He controls the Republican Or like party. that whole thing with I mean, Ted Cruz where it was, he basically crawled over broken glass to yeah. apologize. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't actually an insurrection on June 6th. 
please forgive me. And the Tucker just essentially rips into him anyway. (laughs) Tucker Carlson brought Ted Cruz to heel like a beaten dog. Like a whipped horse. He just made him dance and sing Mm -hmm. exactly how he wanted him to. But for all of the, oh, Hunter Biden's laptop and, uh, you know, things of mine were stolen and, you know, Biden's terrible and blah, 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 blah. He's not going to tell his audience that Biden's kid wrote one of Tucker's kids. I do have to say, I am aware of people having to, like, having a first name, first name, as, as like, their their name is sort of like, you know, uh, Adam John. This is the first time I've ever had someone have yeah. a last name, last name. Buckley Carlson is definitely a last name, last name. I mean, you could say that my name, I, I, Morgan, is could. a last name for some people. Also, I'm not so sure that William F. Buckley would appreciate Tucker Carlson's kid being called Buckley. <laughs> I think that... William F. Buckley would have a couple of uh, qualms, clarifications, and uh, elucidations upon that particular subject. Jesus. I do know too much. You know too much. Oh, goodness. That's, that's, that's Tucker. Tuck, well, speaking Tucker of people Hunter, who are no longer best buddies, the... you have the inside scoop on Madison <laughs> Cawthorn, your wonderful North Carolina uh, congressional, one of your nor- wonderful North Carolina congressional delegates. Morgan has, for those who are unaware, we do have a little video section, and Morgan has almost leaned off the entire view screen and plummeted, I think, to the earth. Straight to the hardwood floors. Man. So, anyone who knows anything about the current state of the world probably knows about Madison Cawthorn. He is a probably the only member of the house that's wheelchair bound because Tammy Duckworth is, is a and we've talked about man. Madison Cawthorn pretty extensively okay. already yeah. right yeah yeah he uh he lost the use of his legs because he was riding in a, in the front seat of his friend's car with his feet up on the dashboard and they got into a wreck and then the airbags uh ruined the shit out of his legs so don't put your feet up on life the advice from your faith podcast but... don't put your feet up on the dashboard honestly like yeah yeah like like again like he's he has like no use of his legs at all anyway uh so madison cawthorn met this woman when he was over in europe and wound up marrying her great like perfect go find some foreign wife bring her to america excellent nope they got married eight months ago and they are now divorced there was some talk about this woman being Uh-oh. a honeypot, right? Because he was sort of a rising star in the Republican Party. Uh, he might have been elected. I can't remember. Um, when he met this woman and they get married and then, I, you know, weird that the guy who punches trees and thinks that uh, Hitler's like vacation home is uh. a bucket list item would be really would be really difficult to live with. Um, so, but but the real kicker to this is not that he was married for eight months and he divorced. I mean, like, people fault uh, Britney Spears all the time for being married for it, like, it like, was less than very, a month. It was very divorced. Quick. One of those, like, two-week marriages. And, like, like you get it, right? You, 
it's like people who get married and then like it's it's a whole messy thing. What like whatever. Just completely set that aside. When he did get married, he went on a honeymoon, as is sort of the thing that people do when they get married, like right afterwards. He is the number one member of Congress for missing house votes. Mm-hmm. This includes a lot of Republican bills, and he, like, he, again, he's number one for missing it, and he he missed them because he took uh, a substantial vacation for his honeymoon while Congress was in session, which gives you a sort of a glimpse and an idea of how serious of a person this absolute dead tree punching mm-hmm. moron is. Uh, and he is so go, so fine. He was married for eight months. He got divorced. He missed a whole bunch of house votes, whatever. He is also the number one Republican mm. in North Carolina. So the state legislature, and this sort of like digs a little deeper than our quick fire round needs to, but it's really, it mm-hmm. bothers me a bit. The GOP controlled legislature of North Carolina drew some congressional maps. One of them. In C-14, Cawthorn said, I'm running for that. I want that. Which, sure, fine. You don't live in it, but I guess you can because our laws are like that. That district was drawn for the uh, North Carolina House leader, Tim Moore. I think it's Tim Moore. So this guy was, was basically getting coasted into the U.S. House of Representatives and then Cawthorn swooping and going, no, I'll have that please and thank you if you're wondering is a he's basically a child he's like in his mid-20s he's maybe 24 25 slightly younger than this i think he's a baby i, I think actually i think uh, it's something like that. To be in the house uh no he's 26 he was oh god he was born in he was born august 1st 1995 right. he is younger than me and he is in the u.s house representatives he's probably using roblox i hope so I, now that's going to be my my damnation is that I hope you play Roblox. Oh, God Almighty! So Cawthorn's divorced. He's a hot, single, wild, and crazy guy. So get after him. Um, Pitter patter. I'm going to box that one. I'm going to box the one that I had, uh, and I'm just going to move on and go to Texas news where Morgan you. Oh, please, please hit, hit me with well, some originally Texas, baby. You put this one in there, but I know all about this. So there was a whole thing about how state of Texas was suing over uh, the Biden administration's vaccine mandate, claiming all sorts of arguments. All right. Well, the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, acknowledged that things in the state of Texas actually turned pretty bad with the Omicron variant. and started uh, asking the federal government and FEMA for help with a tweet that came out reported on by Joy Palacios, who is a local reporter for San Antonio, uh, posted a declaration, I guess you can call it, by the governor, seeking federally supported COVID-19 testing sites, medical personnel, increased monoclonal antibody allocations for the state of Texas. At the same time that he is proudly touting that he is suing the Biden administration over its vaccine mandate, which I don't know if cognitive dissonance uh, is the perfect term to apply here, but it comes pretty close. 
I'm just waiting to see how this one's going to play out and how the good governor feels about that. That's Texas. We're just doing our own thing as usual. So, yes, but God bless you. why don't we bless, let's get to some, let's get to some other news. Actually, <laughs> actually, you know what? Before we go Woo! international, why don't we round out an interesting one, okay. which is a weird zebra update. I don't know what it is with things in <laughs> D.C. and Maryland and Virginia, but there's this whole thing about escaped zebras constantly. And apparently, this is from December 14th, 2021, quote, two zebras who escaped from a Maryland farm are back after months on the run. Oh, NPR, never change. They apparently escaped from a farm in mid-August. There was this whole thing about how uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Northern Prince Georgia County Animal Services were involved in the return, but... Apparently, the Department of the Environment said the roaming zebras were found. Someone returned them. And this I didn't know. I thought this was interesting. In October, the owner of the zebras, Jerry Holly, was charged with three counts of animal cruelty. After one of the three zebras that escaped was reported to have been discovered dead in the Girl Scout snare trap. <laughs> the one, remember we, how we quoted that from last, from, from last time around? So I, I looked into that recently because I was trying to find like the like like the original source on it to tell somebody because that's become my like my one of my latest sort of like insane mm-hmm. facts in the old quiver. Um, someone raised the possibility that that might have been poaching because snares oh. are illegal in Maryland. So, so there's so the Girl Scouts probably have a property and someone mm. is illegally poaching. Which, it could be someone who's not a Girl Scout. It could be a Girl Scout. I don't know. You can't <laughs> casting doubts. Uh. Apparently, he's in, the, he's in an exotic animal breeding business. Uh, but he is now accused of inflicting and authorizing unnecessary suffering or pain on a zebra. Wait, I thought these it's zebras... It's possible they zoo. did. Or like they're they being... Uh, that, we still need to figure out the exact connection between... Are these escaped zebras related to the zoo escaped zebras? Is there any connection to that? Or did someone just say that three zebras from the zoo escaped, but it's actually, they're just managed by this guy? We'll work that out. We'll report to you. We'll report back. Uh, But yes, this guy who was involved with three zebras escaping, one found dead on the property of the Girl Scouts from a snare trap, uh, has been charged. And he was uh, apparently... I don't know why the federal government didn't think that this was a problem because in 2013 he was fined $12,000 for violating the Animal Welfare Act. Just they didn't think that that would have been a good time to revoke his exotic animal license or any of his qualifications, but there you go. That's the roundup on zebras and I think that rounds out national news. So, how are you feeling about going international, Morgan? Oh man, I got my passport up to date. Let's collect All right. some. Do you want to go to first? Honestly, okay. I so love that. You told Let's me that Estonia or SD had the cutest Easty had the Easty. cutest little traffic jam. Yeah. They do. So has anyone seen those little uh they're from a company called Starship? 
they're little six-wheeled robots that's with little orange flags on them that drive around. Uh, I know they're usually seen on like college campuses because college campuses are the generally the epitome of walkability in urban design. Uh, but apparently they're being deployed in Estonia, and they're just you know, package delivery, food delivery. You're just like, hey, I need something delivered, and if it's something small enough, someone can drop it in the robot, and it goes to you. Well, it gets uh, es- Estonia gets a mm-hmm. little snow, right? So there's this adorable 20-second clip on Twitter of all these little Starship robots with their little flags stuck up just horribly stuck in the snow. And they're all chitter-chattering because they'll ask you, like, if they are if they have a problem and they sense a person comes like near them, they will ask you, like, hey, can you help me out? So you can, like, pick them up and, like, move them out of, like, if they're stuck in some snow, they could drift. You can move them to somewhere that's a little more plowed or shoveled, things like that. Um, and it's just adorable. I love it. I love I love little tiny robots just oh. trying to do their jobs. And <laughs> ask you for help. Now there was there was a uh, a, a robot project that was a hitchhike bot. Hitch. It was a bot that was basically it was a robot that was hitchhiking, oh, quote unquote. I heard about this across the United States, and then it got it got across a couple parts of Europe. You know, a couple. You know. It did find in Europe. It gets to America, and then like 15 miles outside of Philly, like someone. Oh yeah, I remember that distinctly. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. Go ahead and look that up. It was the Hitchbot, the hitchhiking robot, got beheaded in Philadelphia. That is a callback because that is from August 4th, 2015, and I remember that. I but I do remember hearing about this because it was on an episode of QI. If any of you watch British television, QI is a wonderful show. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or as I love how the New York Times put it, hitchhiking robot, safe in several countries, meets its end in Philadelphia. It was on the steps <laughs> of Philadelphia's art museum. Really? I went there. I've been to those steps. Oh, no. That's a sad robot. Oh. Oh. But. Well, it, it's, it is. it's dead now, so. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. What's left? What is left? Oh, so we Zebra Update, EC Traffic Jam, Texas, Madison Cawthorn. We have the Strategic Reserve. In America, in America, we have a Strategic Reserve of Guzzoline. In Canada... Very stereotypically, because their country only exists because America allows it to, they have a strategic reserve they of do. maple syrup. So this is from the BBC. Mm-hmm. Just, again, always it, always primed for good content. Amid shortage, Canada taps into emergency maple syrup reserves. Global supply shortages have hit shops in the U.S. and coffee producers in Brazil... Canada, the country's liquid gold maple syrup is running low. So apparently, this is the opening line of the BBC article. Uh, The Quebec maple syrup producers, the so-called OPEC of maple syrup, that's just what the BBC calls it, has released about 22 million kilograms from its emergency larder, nearly half the total of its reserve. That's the first time in three years the reserve has been used. 
Oh my goodness. This is why the reserve is made. The first, hold up, hold up. Pump the brakes. Yes. The first time in three years. So yes. just before the pandemic. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, All right. Let's All right. see. 83 million kilograms of maple syrup was produced worldwide in 2021, and 60 million kilograms came from Quebec's forests. That's really interesting. I didn't know that Canada had such a maple syrup monopoly. Wait. Uh, that's Are what the BBC article real? says. 83 million kilograms produced worldwide. 60 million kilograms comes from Quebec. I... Yeah, that's like their whole shtick up north. Like, uh, so like Vermont and like upstate New York also has a decent amount of maple production. But yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Canadians are all about that stuff. I had a, uh, I still have. He's still around. A, uh, a Canadian buddy. He introduced me to the concept of maple syrup on Ooh, ice okay. cream. Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I... Try it. It's it's. It's better than you initially okay. think it is. Uh, I, I, I am modestly, I'm lukewarm to it. I'm lukewarm to the idea. You should. Uh, well, well, I'm looking forward to hearing your uh, review. Uh, yeah, come uh, that'll. I think that'll work out. Uh, but I have to talk about this before before we wrap up. But there is a dirty money episode. Uh, again, wonderful series on Netflix, which is titled The Maple Syrup Heist. And there was it was when $20 million of maple syrup uh, went missing. And it was about a battle between, essentially, the maple syrup production is run by a cartel in Canada. Who would have known? And these group of independent producers who want to make as much maple syrup as they want... And there's this whole conspiracy about how the cartel isn't letting small producers produce as much as they want. And these people stole some of the maple syrup reserve in order to flood the market or take some of the take some of the stuff. It's this whole thing. There's apparently a maple syrup mafia. I wish I was making that up, but up there they speak French. There's a lot going on. So... Yeah, I'm gonna have to try some maple syrup in my ice cream and and toast to the Canadian maple syrup mafia the next time we're up there. You really should. Got to. Got to. And that's that's the only maple syrup trick trick I learned from uh, my Canadian buddy. So I don't know what other things that you got to find your own Canadian friends to figure out what the oh, hell I've got to plenty. do with all that. I'm, I'm sure that they that they know their own shticks. I will say, if uh, you have the time, look up the sort of old school maple Ooh. syrup producers. They have really fantastic. So they have their whole sort of forest yeah. of maple trees, right? And they have all these tubes going mm-hmm. to all the trees. And they just pop that tap in. They go to each tree. Boom, boom, boom. Pop that tap in, and it starts draining the sap out into the tubes. Those tubes all lead back to one little shed, and they start cooking it down. It's a I'm very sure. fascinating process. Whew. Well, Morgan, that's a sweet ending to end on for 2021. Carl, this episode, Carl, this episode is longer than our October. I, you know Pegasus. what? It's because you had a long thing you wanted to talk about. I had a long thing that I wanted to talk about, and then we just had these wonderful notes uh, to end. 
2021 on just to close that book and open up a new chapter that is 2022 i was gonna say electric boogaloo but we can't use the word boogaloo anymore no that's uh, uh that's been so. killed unfortunately to all you out there have a wonderful january we'll see you soon god bless y'all hey y'all morgan here give us a review on itunes for the show it's the classic way to help podcasts that you enjoy to get more listeners Otherwise, the show will languish in obscurity, and you wouldn't want that to happen to old Uncle Good Faith Pod, would you? We've already got one. It's five stars from J. Jenna Jameson. Quote, I enjoy this podcast. Carl and Morgan are fun to listen to. End quote. While Jenna, flattery, flattery, charges our batteries. Hey, do you have a story that we absolutely need to cover? Are you stuck in an Anne Randy and apocalyptic world worried about socialist reign? Just want to complain about your neighbor that keeps putting their pizza boxes in the recycling bin when you know damn well that the whole batch is getting thrown out? You can email us at goodfaithpod at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 980-263-9841. Really? Just why can't anybody fucking be normal on this website? Jesus Christ, why can't any of you people be normal? Why is it like this? All the time here on Twitch and Twitter, it's always just some goddamn communist, and somebody comes in and says, well, actually, you know, slavery wasn't that bad. God, just be normal. Please, be normal. Be one of these normal people you're going to deal with in, in everyday life who isn't out here just kind of just trying to refight the Eastern Front. My God.